What's up, everyone? You are listening to the second episode of The Mesh Point here on the Ride In NFL DFS podcast. This is a new one-on-one interview-style podcast where I bring on a guest to talk fantasy sports and blend it with everyday life discussion, such as food, drink, family, fitness, travel, and more. In this episode, I talk to Ben Cummins of the Fantasy Footballers about DFS strategy, some of his off-season research. Then we transition into fitness and Philly cheesesteaks. You can follow Ben at Ben Cummins FF on Twitter. Now let's get into the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Ride In NFL DFS podcast, and more specifically, the Mesh Point series. I know quarantine, social distancing, beginning to take its toll on us all, and the fantasy content around the industry is a bit lacking these days, but the good news is it is not lacking here on the Ride In NFL DFS podcast. I have brought Ben Cummins in for episode two. What's up, Ben? What's going on, Pat? Appreciate you having me on, man. Absolutely. So tell everybody what kind of content you do and where they can find it. Yeah. So in the off season like this, um, typically it's going to be redraft content for me, obviously been playing redraft for years. Um, And then during the season, um, it shifts to more DFS, uh, obviously have that, that love and that addiction as well. So that's all going to be on the fantasyfootballers.com. I've had the pleasure to work with them now, I think for this would be entering the fifth year, I think. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ben Cummins FF. That's awesome. I, and by the way, I'm just going to mention here that I, that's the last time I will say the word awesome because I realized when I listen <laughs> back to my podcast that I say the word awesome sure. a ton. And that's, that'll be the last time that you catch me saying the word awesome. But right. Speaking of the fantasy footballers, they, I feel like, jumped onto the scene very, very abruptly. Um, I, I've been in the industry probably about seven years, and I, you know, I, I knew uh, the hitman and I knew Andy Holloway. And then all of a sudden, one summer, I think it was 2015, I, their podcast was all of a sudden number one when you search fantasy football. And yeah. they just like absolutely exploded, deservedly so. But it was just funny how that whole, um, you know, website and podcast just exploded and they have great content over there, including yours. Um, so uh, from a fantasy football perspective, how many leagues are you in a year and, and what kind of leagues do you smatter yourself all over the place? DFS, best ball, redraft dynasty, or do you kind of hone in one way or the other? Uh, yeah, a little bit. So I try to be around seven leagues. I have my main home league I've done for about 15 plus years now. Um, a league with buddies from college, kind of a second college league, uh, a work league, a couple dynasty leagues. I, I was in four. I've cut that down to two. And then obviously the Scott Fishbowl. So try to keep it around seven, knowing that I'm going to be a DFS degenerate all year. Um, and I do sprinkle in some best ball as well in the off season before this, before we, you know, kick off the year. So um, a little bit of a sprinkle, but I try to keep it manageable. There was a couple years there where I did push it into double digits and it was just a little bit too much for me. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially with dynasty dynasty is so much work. I don't know how some of yeah. these guys can be in like 15 dynasty leagues with all the trades and all the extra drafts and stuff that happened 
in the offseason. It's, it's pretty wild. So I've been reading up on the fantasy footballers, and you've been pumping out a ton of great content, uh, including your play calling tendencies. I noticed that you have some up. Uh, you just actually put one up today about uh, passing tendencies for for different um, offenses and just, you know, some trends that you've seen. Do you have any free agent move that happened this off season that you think is going to be very impactful based on what you have uh, seen in those passing trends? Yeah, I do. I think uh, Eric Ebron moving to the Steelers is really interesting. Uh, obviously last year uh, we had to live through Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges and it was terrible. So I think it's kind of an interesting time because um, even before that, the stereotype was kind of that the Steelers have a really good defense and uh, they like to run the ball, but that's not what the numbers say. Um, over five years before Ben Roethlisberger got hurt last year, uh, the Steelers were a very pass happy team. And of course, you know, Roethlisberger was healthy then, younger, and they had Antonio Brown, but still. Um, they do like to throw the ball, especially when Ben Roethlisberger comes back. And um, Eric Ebron, it's it's crazy, right? Because we think he's been around for forever, but he's really only 27, I think, still. And crazy, uh, yeah, because yeah, he came in the league so young. And so he gets to move from Jacoby Brissett to as long as Ben Roethlisberger can stay healthy, um, a better situation there. And obviously he showed us a couple of years ago with Andrew Luck that he has high touchdown upside. And he's a good player. Um, so I definitely think that he – uh, has an interesting landing spot there, Vance McDonald. As much as I kind of wish uh, it was different, didn't really do much for us last year, and I, I think uh, Ebron really won't have a tough time supplanting him as the tight end one there much at all. Man, Ebron is such a polarizing figure. I, yeah. I consume I consume a ton of content. You know, I listen to whenever I'm working out or whatever, or anytime I have a free minute in the car, et cetera. I listen to fantasy football podcasts, and, you know, I absorb everybody's takes. I think Ebron is like split down the middle when you listen to the right. offseason podcasts. Um, some people just think that, you know, the Steelers is a dumping ground for tight ends and, you know, nothing's going to happen uh, no matter who you get there. And then some people think that, um, you know, his talent and Ben coming back is going to uh, to vault him into, you know, somewhat of rele relevancy for tight ends. I tend to agree uh, with you. So, uh, as far as bounce back players that you have been able to pinpoint from your research and your tendency articles, this, uh, this off season, who you got? Well, I'm sticking with the same team first, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, the exact same kind of reasons I just laid out, uh, Juju, the same thing as Ebron Juju, uh, is only entering is entering his fourth season. He's only going to be 23, I believe it is, for the majority of the season. He came into the NFL super young. He obviously has shown he can be a baller and produce in the NFL at a young age. And he did the exact same thing in college. So I'm not giving into recency bias here and uh, being afraid of him in any way, shape, or form. He had to deal with injuries himself and the same uh, tough quarterback situation last year. And I'll give you one more as well. You know, on the um. On the running back side of things with those articles I was looking at, Bill O'Brien, whether he's a donk or not, we, we obviously know he is. He just gave up a ton for David Johnson, uh, one of the worst trades in NFL history, if you ask me. But he just gave up a ton for him. And Bill O'Brien, historically, if you look at the numbers, loves to run the ball. So I think David Johnson is in line for massive volume, and obviously he'll have to stay healthy. But I think we did overreact to his season last year, being hurt and being benched. Before he got hurt in the first six games, so month month and a half of the season, he was actually really, really good for fantasy, and he's in a really good spot uh, to produce. And we know that volume matters more than anything for running backs, and I think he should get it. Yeah, I think uh, every 
the the one gift that's playing through everybody's mind is him running down the sideline last year, yeah. uh, basically like he was in a Saturday walkthrough. Uh, <laughs> so some bias there. Um, a lot of people aren't going. I think that the the trade, all the the news and everything about how the Texans got fleeced on that trade is going to carry over into fantasy football right. and, you know, just put a little bit of a negative perception in everybody's mind about David Johnson. But I do like that call as well. All right, let's transition into some daily fantasy. So uh, take me through your, your process on Sunday. Are you a cash game? Are you a GPP guy? Do you split it up? Do you play on DraftKings or FanDuel? What does that look like? So at heart, I'm a GPP guy. Uh, and that's actually all I played until halfway through the 2017 season, which I think was like uh, about two and a half or three and a half years into my uh, DFS career. So I'm um, definitely obsessed with chasing those big hits. Um, but um, as I got a little bit older and a little bit more mature and I was losing money and, and wasn't having as much success consistently as I wanted to, especially with the time that I was putting into it, obviously everybody's going to kind of uh, be a little bit different with you know how serious you're playing. But I tend to be a pretty serious player, so I have adjusted. Um, now I'm a majority cash game player. And I try to you know build up that house money and get that profit so that I can use that to enter tournaments and to not be nearly as afraid to lose money. Cause obviously we know in tournaments, that's not the mentality you want to have. You have to go for broken and really get ballsy and unique with your roster construction. So um, I do a little bit of both. I I'll never stop playing tournaments, but I try to be a little bit smarter now. And as far as platform, I actually started playing on FanDuel. I like both sites, but um, over the years, I've had a little bit more success on DraftKings. Some of my bigger wins have been there. And I think that's uh partially why um they have my heart and i just yeah DraftKings is my favorite so but i do like both yeah it's funny when i talk to people about DraftKings or FanDuel, i hear a lot of people say that they love one but they're more profitable on the other and it was in the first episode of this series i talked to justin freeman and he's been having a lot of success on FanDuel. he hit in the xfl yeah he had some big he had some big hits in nfl but he loves DraftKings. um he loves to play on DraftKings and I think that that is a common trend that I hear, uh, you know, started on one, love one, one has your heart, but um, seen success on the other. Um, so let me ask you this. If me and you are sitting down at a bar, I, we get to talk and you don't know who I am. I'm just a regular old person that likes fantasy. And I say, oh, you, you're into fantasy football. You, you're right for a fantasy football website. You play DFS. I've been struggling. What's one thing that you would tell me um, to help out my ROI, just one piece of advice you would give to me. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of what I was saying. What what I would uh, you know tell people is to to play smart, and and a lot of that would be um, cash games. I know it's not as sexy, um, but it just highly increases your chances of actually winning, actually having that feeling of being in the green and, and having that success. Um, and you know, once you kind of solidify that and and start to find success because you're not even though there's a higher chance of success you're still not guaranteed right so you you want to get into that groove and you know kind of start consistently winning at least you know 55 60% of the time so you're in the green um and then at that point um you know playing turn just kind of like what I said playing tournaments there um you're probably not going to be as afraid to get really contrarian with your lineups which is what you have to do to finish in the top um, you know, percentile when you're, especially if you're competing against thousands and thousands of people and you're not going to feel 
um, you know, as afraid to do that if you're if you're not kind of looking at your your bankroll and oh man, I'm already down this much. And admittedly, I probably do that more than uh, the normal person. Um, but that's kind of what I would say is just play smart while also taking your chances on a weekly basis if you can to try to take down the the big tournaments because obviously that's that's why we're all here. That's what we're all chasing, right? Oh, absolutely. I agree. I think you have to be a special kind of psycho. You have to be a special kind of or have a special kind of wiring to only play GPP. Yeah. It, it takes it takes some serious uh, cojones to just see your uh, bankroll keep going south, south, south until you get that one hit that you need for the season. Exactly. So let me ask you this. Uh, on the opposite end, instead of giving advice, if you were told that you could never do fantasy research again, uh, whose content would you turn to? So many people. If you look at my Twitter, I follow everybody. I just like to get all, all the information, have all the conversations, and there's so many smart people out there. But I will narrow it down. Evan Silva, uh, he's the kingpin in the industry. I mean, he's an absolute beast. Scott Barrett, um, Adam Levitan, and, and Rich Rebar would be my uh, Mount Rushmore. I feel like that is a very, very solid uh, Mount Rushmore. I love um, the DFS edge, even though that is no more, um, yeah. you know, Levitan, Pete, Al, and then, and, but now it's the best of both worlds. Now we get to hear, you know, Levitan uh, and Silva. Yep. Okay. So let's take a look at some general sports. I like to always pick people's brains on, uh, you know, their major rooting interests, their favorite athletes of all time. So who are your favorite NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, et cetera, uh, teams. Yeah, so NFL, the major obsession, why we're talking right now. So the Denver Broncos are my favorite team. We were kind of laughing before because uh, I live in Pennsylvania now, but I'm originally from Illinois in the Midwest. Uh, but regardless, I started watching the NFL right when uh, John Elway and the Broncos won back-to-back -back Super Bowls. So uh, became obsessed with John Elway, loved the Broncos. So um, they're, they're my team. They'll be my team till I die. Um, and I'm from the Midwest. So that's kind of like the major unique team. Everything else is kind of more typical. Uh, I also grew up uh, with the Michael Jordan era. Uh, so big Bulls fan, even though they suck right now. I went to Mizzou. Um, so Mizzou football and basketball. I'm not the best alum. I could probably follow them a little bit better, but um, still love that. And then U of I basketball. Um, before I went to Mizzou, it's kind of weird because they have a rivalry um, and it always kind of puts me in a weird position because I grew up a, a diehard U of I basketball fan. Um, 2005, they they almost had Aaron a, Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D Brown, Luther, Luther Head. Head, Roger Powell, Jack Ingram. They almost had an undefeated season, went to the championship, had an unbelievable comeback. And I think the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four against Arizona. Um, my dad went to U of I. My brother went to U of I. My cousin went to U of I. So um, love them, especially for basketball. Uh, baseball, not as big of a fan, but the White Sox, it was fun watching um, in 2005. I think it was as well when they won the World Series with my dad because he's a big White Sox fan. He grew up on the south side of Chicago. Uh, Blackhawks, I'm definitely a bandwagon fan, but hockey is fun to watch, especially in the playoffs and when the Blackhawks were good there for that like five-year stretch. I did get pretty into it, so you know I'll toot my horn there. Um, and then obviously uh, I do like golf. I like uh, playing every once in a while. I'm not very good, but I do like watching the majors and I'd say Tiger Woods, Brooks Kepka, who was born on the exact same day as me um, and Jordan Spieth. I'm, I'm a fan of them as well. Nice. And it's funny you say, it's funny you mentioned U of I, um, you know, in this quarantine life that we're living now, 
my friends and I were texting back and forth as we were watching a rerun uh, of that uh, Illini and uh, Arizona yes. game. Yes, my dad was actually at it. That's unbelievable. It was such a good game. I mean, those three, the big three, Williams, Head, uh, and D. Brown, that was an awesome, uh, awesome run that they made there. So favorite athletes, I'm sure you're an Elway guy. I'm sure you are um, a Jordan guy. Who else do you, do you look up to or do you like or, you know, do you kind of root for? Elway and Jordan are my one and two, so you know me well. Um, Peyton Manning, obviously, I mean, I always loved Peyton. Then he came to Denver, and those years were incredible. I'm really happy that we got to send him off with the Super Bowl championship because I would have been absolutely devastated if we didn't. Um, Kobe Bryant, man, RIP. I, I actually, when I was younger, I actually uh, did not like Kobe very much, but that changed – um, over like the last five, six, seven years of his career, he was my favorite. Um, just such a savage. And that's kind of like my theme. I'm not very much of a savage, like, you know, kind of want to destroy you person. I'm more easygoing. So my favorite athletes are typically kind of opposite uh, in that way than me. And they kind of do have that mentality. Um, I do like LeBron James a lot. Russell Westbrook, Brett Favre was always one of my favorite quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers has been. Um, and love Russell Wilson. I got to throw him in there as well. That is a very interesting combo of <laughs> players. And I like how you said, like, you don't have, like, the cutthroat mentality. So that's kind of the guys that yeah. um, that you're a fan of. That's awesome. Football and basketball have, have say, always been my favorite, too. So that's, that's – Yeah, me yeah. too. I can't get into – I played baseball growing up, but I can't get into it. Honestly, God, I was a Braves fan. And much like you, a lot of my favorite teams are – you know, because of the era that I came yeah, up in, I'm yeah. 30, I'm 34 now. So like when I was starting to get into sports around six years old, it was like the early nineties. So I like Shaq and Penny. I like the magic. I like the bills. I like the Braves. I was like a front runner when I was six. So that is basically how uh, all my teams shook out. Too. I love it. Do you have any memorable live sporting moments? Were you at any certain games? Yeah. So I, I'd say I probably haven't gone to like all that many, but I did go to Denver to see Mile High Stadium and, and get that experience. And luckily, I chose to go to opening night back in 2013 when they played the Ravens. And that is when Peyton Manning threw the seven touchdown passes. And I decided to go big or go home since I that and that's the only time I've been to Mile High Stadium. Um, so I was kind of like 40-ish yard line, like 15 rows from the field for that game. And it was incredible. And I like going to the Island games too, if I go to a football game, since that way I don't have to miss red zone and miss any other Absolutely. experience. So it was opening night, the only show in town, and and it was so fun. So that that was incredible. And that that sparked his uh his historic season yeah, there as well. I think that was the year he broke the the touchdown pass record, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Start it with seven. <laughs> uh, so, so let's transition into, you know, just everyday life topics. I want to know how quarantine and how social distancing and we, we were talking before we, we fired up the podcast, but how has life changed um, specifically fitness? Cause I know we were talking, you said you were into fitness, how, like what is going on? Um, how has your life changed in that realm, staying fit and, and, uh, you know, staying safe. Yeah, it's hard, right? I think we're all starting to get that cabin fever, especially with the weather getting a lot nicer. Um, yeah, it's. I used to be a lot better with fitness, I'll be honest, but I, I do like to run. That's definitely one of my uh, biggest hobbies there. So um, typically what I try to do 
um, is at least just go run once a week. And, and uh, kind of, I think I said it earlier, I'm kind of an all or nothing person. So I kind of do that with my exercise too. So I'll typically just go get on the treadmill, um, turn sports on on the TV and, and listen to my music and run for about five miles. And then I'm kind of, <laughs> then I'm kind of good for the week and I'll, I'll do it again. But the, uh, the little uh, gym in my apartment complex has been closed during this. So it's been hard. Um, I admittedly could be better about running outside, uh, but I've gone on a lot of walks with my wife, which has been nice because we're both very fortunately still able to work and, and work remote, um, which has been good. And, and it's given us a little bit more time to, uh, not only for me to do some of this fantasy football stuff, but but also to spend time with her and get some walks in. So that's how I'm trying to stay sane. Um, told you that I was trying to to go shoot some hoops by myself yesterday, but unfortunately, PA has it on lockdown. They had they had boards over the hoops, so that was a no go. I'm gonna have to try to do some more runs and 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 keep the walks going. So I'll tell you what, maybe if you can give me some tips for running outside, it is tough i cannot it's do it. so much harder uh, than running on the treadmill it's like it's it? so yeah. much harder so i'm mostly um i go to the gym every every day every morning so I, i'm not like you in the fact that i do it all in one shot like i i do like a quick yeah, like that's uh, probably 40, much better to be honest <laughs> like a quick 45 minute um you know weights with a little with a little bit of hit at the end but now that this is this whole, uh, you know, quarantine, no gym thing is going on, right. especially here in Pennsylvania, I have some dumbbells and stuff at home. So I, I do like a makeshift um, home workout here and there. I use my, uh, I know I've said this on previous pods, but I, I use my daughter's swing set out back to do some like pull-ups and dips and nice. stuff. But then I, then, but then I try to go and run right after that. Right. Then I try to go like run around the block. And I, it's just impossible. I just tired, stop and, yeah. yeah, I mean, I just stop and walk because it is impossible. I, I just can't. If there's no purpose to the running for me, like if I'm not playing basketball or, you know, um, whatever it may be, if there's not a, a goal in mind, then I just can't. Yeah, I used to be in the the routine, like the daily routine, lifting chest, lifting back. And, and I honestly did love it. Uh, but I've just fallen out of that routine now. And, and I don't know if uh, if I'm ever going to get back into it, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried that this might be the end of it for me, too. You know, yeah. like uh, just cranking out some push ups at home might might end up being uh, something that I do forever instead of getting back to the gym. I just uh, I hope I don't fall out of favor with uh, with staying. And honestly, shape. that's that's so, good enough when we get older. Right. I need to get a uh, yeah, I need to get a yeah. pull up bar because working out my back was honestly always my favorite, uh, but I don't have a pull up bar. So I'm, I'm not I, I got to figure that out. Same. I love crank. I could just if, if you told me one thing for the rest of my life, one exercise, it would be pull ups. Yes. So if everybody is unaware or if they missed it when Ben just mentioned it, he currently lives in Philly for about a year and a half or so. So what I want to pick his brain on right now is Philly cheesesteaks. Um, I'm not 100% sure if you have had the time over the last year and a half to delve into all of the different places. But being a lifelong resident of Pennsylvania and having some family in Philly, I have been able to sample pretty much all of them. Tell me what your favorite is. Yeah, I'm excited to get your thoughts because I admittedly am, am still pretty ignorant on the subject. We've had a good amount, um, but definitely don't consider myself an expert. I would say some of my favorite places are Tony Luke's um, and Jim's. And, and admittedly, I haven't, like I said, I haven't had all of them, but the original Tony Luke's downtown was the very first uh, official cheesesteak that I got. Uh, very good. And then and then Jim's uh, gives you the traditional experience where 
Uh, you got to take cash out of the ATM. They do not uh, yeah. accept cards, which uh, which was crazy to me, but I honestly kind of loved it. So um, uh, those are two of my favorites. Um, I'm definitely curious to, to hear your thoughts and to see if I pass the test. Yeah, I mean, I like them both. Those are both good spots. I, I think I like Jim's a little bit more than Tony Luke's. Tony Luke's is kind of going a little bit mainstream, kind of okay. like uh, like Pat and Gino's. Yeah. And here's the thing. If, if you Google, um, you know, the best cheesesteaks or whatever, and you find some forum or some blog with cheesesteaks, the first thing you're going to say, you're going to see is that Pat's and Gino's is overrated because it's kind of like the the commercialized version of it. That's what everybody thinks. You know, they'll say, oh, go to Jim's, go to Tony Luke's. They'll give you a bunch of different other ones. I still think that Pat's and Dino's are pretty good. And, and, and you're only going to have one if you're only in Philly for a day or whatever you're stopping. You have a layover at the airport. I would actually tell people to go to Pat's or Dino's just okay. to get that experience. Okay. Um, you know, but my favorite is actually Delisandro's. Okay. It's on the main drag. It's on the main drag in Maniunk. Um, my, my wife's aunt lives like a stone's throw away. So it's the one that we always get, but if they've gotten some, some, uh, some pub on like the food network and, and things, but it's kind of like a tucked away. Um, it's a hole in the wall in, in Maniunk. And if you ever, in that part of, of Philly. I would See, this is really good for me because unless I'm completely forgetting, I honestly embarrassingly have to say I don't think I've had any of those three spots. So I have, uh, once we can finally get back out into into the world here, I've, I've got some uh, things on my to-do list here. Yeah, maybe you could even walk to one of them. And, <laughs> I don't know how far. <laughs> you get, get a nice... Hey, we'll, we'll, burn we'll, the get, the, we'll get the workout and the Philly cheesesteak uh, done in the same uh, same breath there. I like it. Awesome. All right. So what I want to do now is get to know you a little bit more. And these next few questions we're going to answer in, you know, a phrase or less, um, just in the interest of, of time. All right. So what is your current occupation outside of, and the only reason I'm asking this is because you already said that you did. I just want <laughs> yeah. like uh, people that I've had on the, the podcast before and that I, that I'll have on in the future, I don't want to like say, oh, what what else do you do besides fantasy? Because some people actually make a full time living out of it. But what is what is it that you do uh, working from home now? That is your yeah. So I'm in sales. I'm with Robert Half, and I'm on our technology division. So um, I I get to kind of call all the CIOs, COOs, um, all the decision makers, and try to understand if they have. Um, positions that they're trying to fill, and then I work with recruiters on our team to uh, place technology people into those positions. Okay, that's the second awesome. That's the last awesome I'm going to say. So I've done research on you, and I saw that you were a pizza delivery <laughs> driver at some point in your life, right? Uh, what is the best tip you've ever got? So I only did it for about a year, my senior year in college. Um, so nothing too crazy. If I remember, I think I think I probably got around a twenty dollar tip once once or twice, which was pretty nice. Um, it's pretty generous. So it's definitely happy with yeah, that. Definitely. And yeah, that was a good experience. I. Uh, Love my pizza. So it was nice to be able to kind of, you know, get the discounts and be able to make your own in the back uh, for, for dinner while you were working. So that was always a plus. Yeah. One of the things that I always want to do or think about doing or will do when I have the means is to tip uh, as best as I can. And I'm not talking like we give good tips when we go out to right. eat now, but like to have, to have enough of funds to, you know, hand, 
a college yeah. senior, a hundred bucks or something like that at a restaurant like that. That's like, that, that's my dream. That's what I would want to do. Like if I'm rich, that would be something that I would look forward to, you know, not driving <laughs> yeah. Maseratis or whatever, but being able to, being able to dish out the tips like that, that would be, um, I love it. Cause that would completely back. make that person's day. Absolutely. So one hobby that you would be devastated if you could never do it. Well, again. I kind of already alluded to that. I, I would say running um, because I, I, I feel like it helps my mental health a lot on top of just trying to stay fit. Um, I really do it more for, for the mental health than any, anything. So I, I like to run. Obviously, fantasy football would be another. Um, and since I already kind of talked about running, I guess I'll throw in uh, just literally binge, binging TV shows, movies, murder mysteries, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at binge watching shows, as is everybody else. I mean, and it's, yeah, especially right now, at this point, the, the dip in my spot on the couch, I don't think is ever going <laughs> to rebound. Yeah. How about the last book? Oh, that man. So I'm not uh, I, I embarrassingly, I don't read many books. I, I read more um, articles and things like that. But um, the official answer, I believe, is um, uh, fantasy football for smart people. The hidden psychology of winning DFS by none other than Jonathan Bales, who has recently been in the news. Yeah, the push-up master. I've read that. I think I've I think I've bought and, and read all so of smart. books at one point. And it's yeah, I mean, such a, the thinking. And it's it's awesome to see how not only the thinking of fantasy has evolved since, you know, his first, second, and third publications of those, but even how his own um, uh, thoughts and process have evolved. I remember in one of the first books, he mentioned like you have to pay up for quarterback uh in 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 cash games and he's even come out to the point and said that you know it, it was probably right at the time but dfs is ever evolving you know salaries change now all the salaries all the quarterbacks yeah. are within like a thousand dollars of each other on DraftKings, so it's actually more prudent to pay down and i i just love reading back through all that stuff so binge watching one of your favorite hobbies how about a tv show that you are binge watching um well we just finished up a couple we just finished season three of ozark ozark's an incredible show um and yeah Yeah, and one of my favorites of all time i mean it's it's probably most people so not too crazy but uh just finished uh the second full rewatch of the office um and it was fun because my wife had never actually sat down and watched it all the way through so it was fun doing that with her she got super into it um, and, and I mean, yeah, I mean, Dwight, to, to me, Dwight Schrute is the best character of all time. And, and Michael Scott is, is very close as well. Uh, it's funny you say that. Um, I told you where I yeah. live now, but that's not actually where I grew up. I oh, grew wow. Up in Scranton. Um, I currently for the next three weeks, cause I'm actually getting a new job, uh, getting okay. a new job. Um, I work in the shadows of the, the, the Dunder Mifflin. It's actually called the pen paper. Um, that brick tower that they show at the beginning that says Dunder yeah. Mifflin on it, um, that actually casts a shadow over my workplace uh, wow. at the current moment. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I mean, just immersed <laughs> in office culture. I love it. Here. And it's uh, my territory for work is pretty wide. So anytime the recruiters talk about uh, a candidate from Scranton, I'll, I'll make an office joke and everyone's just kind of like, okay, this guy. <laughs> but I can't, I can't resist it. I can't help myself. That's awesome. All right. So aside from the Philly cheesesteak, the occasional Philly cheesesteak at Jim's or Tony Luke's, what am I going to see in your fridge if I come to your house and crack it open, which I would never (laughs) do because that's ill-mannered. 
But what, so nice, what, Pat. What's um, you're gonna find a lot of cheeses, queso, um, mainly because <laughs> I'm obsessed with cheese. So it's, we're we're talking about the the right topic here. Um, and then I'm a big cranberry juice guy. Also like raspberry lemonade. Okay. So that's I typically keep the fridge stocked with uh, with those options as well. Your your kidneys and your your tracks are probably absolutely cleansed right up because cranberry juice is uh you know what they give you if they're trying to get that those kids okay see i didn't even know that all right like that. i didn't know yeah. which way you were going with yeah. that i wasn't sure if i was hurting my body or helping <laughs> yeah no 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 a lot of times yeah a lot of times if you have if someone has a uh you know a tract infection and we're getting all we're getting we're going <laughs> off the rails here on the ride and they tell you to uh to you know consume some some cranberry juice good for Good for okay, the, right. the kidneys. Yeah. So are you are you a three meal a day, six small snacks, eat whenever the hell you feel like it? What what kind of uh, nutrition? I'm, I'm mostly a three meal a day guy. Um, but for for breakfast, especially during the week, I'm typically just eating like a yogurt or or a piece of fruit. Um, and, and then I get into the bigger meals for lunch and dinner. Um, however, I do love breakfast and, and most of the time this is going to be on weekends. Like I kind of like doing like a brunch or even eating breakfast for lunch and, and, and going with a bigger meal there. Um, love omelets, love breakfast sandwiches, biscuits and gravy, all that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah. We're oppo there too. I don't even, I'm just like, and don't even eat till really? no breakfast. Okay. Yeah. No, no breakfast, not even lunch. I usually, my first meal, and I talked with this, uh, uh, with Justin Freeman, cause he's okay. also a pastor. My first meal is at the earliest 2 PM. Um, it, but usually like around four o'clock, I'll have something that that'll be, that cracks the, uh, the eating window. I mean, I like there. that you say that though, because I have kind of heard more and more about that. I, I honestly, like I have, I have some like stomach and digestive issues. So um, it, it kind of depends on how I'm feeling for the day. Um, so you make me feel better because sometimes I will kind of wait it out to, to try to, to feel better before I'm even hungry again. So um, in, interesting to hear that, that you're more of a kind of two meals a day guy and, and you wait to eat. Yeah, it's I mean, there's a ton of studies that, um, you know, go into all the benefits, insulin sensitivity, uh, any basically any, um, you know, measurement that you could do fasting is something that improves scores in those in those areas. Um, some people even, uh, you know, now I could never do this, but some people even fast for days at a time, which is yeah, it's a little much. <laughs> If you are washing all that cheese down with uh, an alcoholic beverage, what is it? Beer, wine, whiskey? Uh, I'd say my favorite drink is a Moscow Mule. Uh, love ginger beer. I like putting a little lime in it. Um, maybe even throw a few cherries in there, things like that. Just make it taste really good. Uh, I do like a lot of beers, though. Um, love milk stouts. I like sour beers, cider beers, just really anything that tastes good. Um, I, I like a lot of the craft beers as well. Yeah, that's right up my alley. I am a huge fan of yeah. sours. And then we're finishing off the meal with a dessert, uh, maybe even an ice cream. What's your favorite ice cream? I'm kind of like dessert? split right down the middle 50-50, um, either cherry or like some type of fruit, or I'm just the complete opposite. And I want salted caramel or vanilla with caramel or and brownie pieces and fudge and things like that. Throw some whipped cream on top. It just depends yeah. on kind of the, the, the mood my taste buds are in. 
Yeah, usually if I go to an ice cream place that I'm unfamiliar with, I say, what kind of ice cream has chunks of yeah. brownie there you go. that you have? And that, that's what I get. That's, that's just chunks of brownie is where I'm at. All right, so that will do it for the Ride in NFL DFS podcast. We are going to do rapid fire random questions here to get Ben out of here, and then we will sign off. Are you ready, Ben? This is an either or, one or the other type. All right, I'm nervous. Question. I'm ready. Let's go. All right. LeBron or Oh, Jordan? man, I love them both, but Jordan. Peyton Elway. or Elway? Shannon Sharp or Demarius Ooh, Thomas? Uh, let's go Demarius Thomas. Snake or auction Snake. draft? Snake. Yes or no, Pete Rose Hall of Fame? Uh, yes. Dogs. Dogs or cats? Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Cake or pie? pie. Driver, Driver or definitely. passenger? Car. Car or truck? Netflix or any other streaming uh, service? I'm pretty basic, Netflix. <laughs> Marty or Wendy Oh, definitely Bird. Marty. Okay, now these might take you a hot minute. Where does Cam land in the offseason? Uh, man, I, I guess I'll, I'll still say the Patriots, even though it's maybe not looking as good as it was, but I just think it makes a lot of sense there. Just kind of create a, a more of a rushing offense and, and play to his strengths. I'll, I'll stick with the Patriots for now. That would be extremely interesting. And how about our man 30 for 30, Jameis Winston? Where is his landing Jameis, spot? Jameis, Jameis, Jameis. Um, you know, I, I do. I find it interesting. I've heard the chatter that he could be an interesting backup to Ben Roethlisberger. And I think at this point, it does sound like he's destined for a backup role, um, even though he, you know, it's unfortunate because he's been very fun for fantasy. But I'll say that I'll say the the Steelers backup in that way, kind of my Ebron and Juju love. If Ben Roethlisberger falls off the cliff at age 38 or gets hurt again, then we still have Jameis that can come in and, and keep their fantasy values afloat. Man, it's amazing that a few years ago, people were arguing at each other's throats about who was going to have a better career. Or, or Mariota, yeah. Mariota. And the mm, answer was... Yep. And I was yep. on, on Mariota early, and, and just, yeah, it just it all fell apart for both. Well, that, especially for Mariota. All right. It was fun talking to you, Ben. I had a blast, Pat. Thanks for having me on. And, and I learned some stuff. I have some more cheesesteaks to, to cross off the list. So I'll definitely keep you in the loop on that one. Absolutely. Everybody out there, stay safe and keep your eyes peeled for episode three of The Best Point. Have a good one.